Hey everyone, I'm Tracy. And I'm Essence. And the, you are just have the sweetest little voice. <laughs> this is another round we're having in Tracy and Essence. <laughs> you just sound like a like a little like a like the tinkling of glass oh on on a freshly shampooed rug. You give rug. the best compliments. I try. Girl. You give like the best compliments. <laughs> Thank you. Of course, we are so so excited to have Buzzfeed's beauty editor Essence Gann in the studio with us today as my guest host, hey. my co-pilot. Hey girl, how you doing? I'm good. <laughs> Her hair is just like oh my god. Her oh makeup is goodness. always like how can I do this as well and just like. It's oh beautiful. You were just graceful and, and just glowing. And <laughs> Tracy, I just want to be like you. Also, first off, though, like your wingtip game, yeah. your eyeliner is like on another level. So Good. I will tell people that because Thank they need you. to know. Oh, it's the only thing I know how to do. I'm so glad you noticed it. It's amazing. <laughs> do we have so much great, great stuff in today's episode? I had the pleasure to sit down and talk to Ava freaking DuVernay. Oh my God. Which I still can't believe. She's such a goddess. She is just a delight. A delight. So we're going to have that interview. I have a story. I haven't known what it happened was in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, there was this thing that had happened. So I'm going to tell that to y'all. And Essence is going to answer some of your style and beauty and makeup questions. Yeah. I'm so excited. Let's do Me it. Me too. Essence, I want to talk a little bit about you and your interests. Mm -hmm. What drew you to like the beauty field? I feel like I've always kind of been obsessed with beauty in general. Like Mm -hmm. it was in my family. Like my grandmother was a hairstylist. Mm -hmm. My sister is a hairstylist, you know, owns a salon. So I was just always kind of like in that environment, that atmosphere. Mm -hmm. And like I was that girl, you know, looking at every Ebony magazine. I don't know if y'all remember, but like back in the day, Ebony had this issue. And like in the back of the magazine, it would be like all the HBCU queens, like with their crowns. Yes, I remember that. Oh my God, it was so inspired. And which I, I actually, because of that, went to an HBCU and was like the HBCU queen. I was determined. I was like, I will be that person. But like, where did you no, go? Wait, I went to Albany State in Georgia. Okay, and you're from? from I'm from Augusta, Georgia. South in the house. Yeah, yes. South. What up? Hey. <laughs> so yeah, but I was just always obsessed with like you know beauty and and not necessarily just like the you know the physical part of it, but mm-hmm. just like you know when you feel beautiful you're unstoppable yeah like there's girl. literally nothing you can't do like nothing. when you nobody feel can tell you. nobody can tell you anything like when you feel beautiful you just do good stuff even when I didn't know what it was when I was too young to know what it was I recognized the like you know that part of it and I was attracted to that in other women like beautiful mm. women it wasn't necessarily just like oh I like her hair it was yeah. like she walks like she is somebody right. like she yes like you radiate it like yeah. it's, just, it's so powerful mm-hmm. it's just and I feel like I guess in short like that's the thing for me I'm I just love the power of it like it's it just it blows my mind it's just so amazing yeah I just can't imagine having a head of hair like yours. It's just so like thick and it's just so just healthy looking. When did you go natural? I was like maybe like 23 mm-hmm. or something. And so my sister who, you know, the one, the, the, the stylist or whatever who mm-hmm. owns the salon, she was like, I'm not putting any more relaxers in your hair. What? And I was like, how dare you tell me what you're going <laughs> to do to my hair? Right. Like, no, ma'am. But she was serious and mm-hmm. she didn't do it. And she was like, you do not need a relaxer. No one needs relaxers. Mm-hmm. Like she's one of them. So I was probably fully natural and like, 
like 2010, I cut all my hair off. I just like cut the rest of it off. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of low. And then I just let it grow out. But before that, like I would get relaxers. I got relaxers probably pretty late. I've yeah. never been like. Really? Yeah. Probably like 12 or 13 or something. That's and late? Before, I think That's so. when I got mine at 12. Yeah. I've, girl, I know girls that were like six, like yes. with their Just For Me. Yes. Remember Just oh For gosh. Me? The just perm. For Me. And it came with the cassette tape. What? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, I will probably. sing the entire song for you right now. Yes. I know the whole thing still. Oh my God, please sing it. <laughs> Let me take a sip. This one is, is uh, for all my little black girls growing up in the 90s. If you know the selection, won't you please sing along? Uh-oh. This one is out to you guys. I want style, body and shine. <laughs> a look that's totally all mine. Hair so soft, silky and free. I want something just for me. Just for me. Go no light conditioning, relaxer cream. Just for me. <laughs> for permanent and styling, it's worry free. J U S T F O R M E. Try the Just For Me No Light Conditioning Relaxer oh today. Oh my God. <laughs> Created in part by mothers, especially for their daughters by Proline. Oh my goodness. Thank you. That was amazing. Thank you. That yes, was so you. amazing. Thank you. I, I'm usually really bad at accepting compliments, but I deserve this one. So you I'm deserve gonna, it. I'm going uh, to accept it. Thank you. Just for me. Um, you can tell like the stuff that you write about, like you got, uh, like you wrote a post about Solange going mm-hmm. off on Twitter because a company forgot to order her or her send weave. her bundles on right. time, you know? So tell me why this sort of stuff is important to you. For me, it's important because I just feel like when it comes to beauty and, you know, style, um, black women are just so left out of the conversation. And I am like, for one, tired of being left out of the conversation. Mm -hmm. And I've never been one to like ask for things or like, you know, so it's just like, okay, if you're going to leave me out of this conversation, that's cute. And I'll just start a conversation of my own. And Mm -hmm. like, you know, because I'll probably tell it better anyway, since I am a black woman. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's why those stories are so important to me. You know, we owe it to our celebrity woman too, like women who put their, you know, life out like that in the public eye and you mm-hmm. know it's also my way of showing them like I appreciate you I see yeah. what you do for us I see how you represent black women and hold us down and mm-hmm. this is just you know for you to know that like we see you and also it's telling everybody else that we exist too exactly who are you envisioning as your audience who do you write for the ones who are also interested in beauty and style and fashion, just mm-hmm. like so many other women, but can't go to Vogue and find it and see Oof. themselves. Oh, my gosh. I always talk to the Tamikas and the Sharondas. Yes, and, like, when Tamika. I say that, <laughs> yes, Mika. <laughs> but like, Come on, but I say that because I feel like, you know, we get so much shit. Like, black women just get so much shit. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we don't look good enough. We don't whatever. But, yeah, we are, like, the cornerstone and the blueprint for so much like oh when it comes gosh. to like beauty and style yes. like we are the inspiration mm-hmm. but Tamika in you know Augusta Georgia from where I'm from or mm-hmm. in Chicago or who like she may never be on the cover of Vogue and that's mm-hmm. okay like you don't have to be and so I'm writing to the girl who you know may not ever see herself in like the most coveted you mm-hmm. know magazines or whatever and I just want that person to know like you know you don't have to wait for anyone to affirm you like you don't Ugh. have to wait for 
whoever to tell you like you're beautiful or you're stylish or you're fashionable like you can Preach. just look around mm-hmm. like you see yourself on the runway it's not they don't have it's not the same color but you mm-hmm. see yourself on the runway every fashion week mm-hmm. like I Ooh. literally I forgot which season it was but it was it may have been like Valentino's show but it was like a whole bunch of white girls walking down the runway and mm-hmm. cornrows and quote unquote African tribal print oh like outfits so it's just like you see yourself yeah. it. it's not you but you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying so just know that like you know in some weird kind of twisted way like there's beauty in that because it's just like okay I'm mm-hmm. the shit like I see you copying right. I see, I, I see I'm you inspiring trying to, literally right, an entire society right I'm in insp- like literally the mm-hmm. world I feel like I can do anything right now yes let's go you can baby. let's go let's do it <laughs> set it off on <laughs> Shouts out to set it off yes. the movie. <laughs> I love it. We're going to put a bunch of your pieces in the newsletter as well. Woo-woo. So we put out a call for questions on Twitter, asking people to send us their beauty and style mm-hmm. and et cetera, et cetera questions. Um, we got some really, really good ones, and we'll see awesome. how many we can get through. So there were a few questions about acne, mm-hmm. right? I never learned to deal with acne because the pill fixed it, and I identify heavily with this too. I have always had horrendous hormonal acne Mm -hmm. and the only thing that would fix it was birth control that's actually Mm -hmm. the only reason I started taking birth control because lord knows I was not getting none Mm -hmm. I just needed my skin (laughs) but she says now she's off the pill skincare is overwhelming how does she start another woman says um, I'm a dark skinned girl with acne scars what can I use to even out my skin tone so mm-hmm. this is clearly a thing that's on a lot of yes. people's minds, especially when you have melanin factored in this, when yes. like scarring becomes an mm-hmm. issue. What advice do you have to these two ladies? Okay, so here's the thing with acne. There is no cure-all, like there's no one thing that is just going to work for everybody mm-hmm. because the cause of it like varies from person to person. The thing with acne, you really need to see a dermatologist. Yes. Like you have to go to a dermatologist because what a dermatologist will do is like help you narrow down like, okay, what is the cause of like my acne? Like also there are different types of acne. So like you you don't want to just, you know, listen to a blogger or even I don't care who is telling you if it's a beauty editor somewhere else like mm-hmm. you have to go see a dermatologist. Mm-hmm. It's your skin. Like your skin is an organ. Mm-hmm. Like it's literally like going to the doctor. If you, you know, had something else going on. Like if you had cancer, you wouldn't write in right. to a health editor. What do I like, do about my cancer? What should I do about my cancer? <laughs> you know, like That's a good point. you have to go to a doctor. Like it's your body. So um melanin is a factor and black women are more prone to like hyperpigmentation so Mm -hmm. like when we do have a scar it a lot of times will leave behind like a dark mark Um, and there are things that you can do for that but that may actually block your pores you don't know like you don't know how your skin exactly it will make it worse you don't know how your skin will react to it so Mm -hmm. that is honestly the the answer like you have to see a dermatologist Mm -hmm. um, when it comes to acne there's no way around it at all um, I wonder if there are dermatologists who specialize in, like, melanated skin. Do you know if that's true? I don't know, but what I tell black women or, you know, black people in general is, like, go to a dermatologist, you know, a, a mm-hmm. black dermatologist or someone with, like, brown skin because yeah. they can better, I feel like, sometimes advise you when it comes to hyperpigmenta- yeah. hyperpigmentation and, like, scarring. Because mm-hmm. they know so much better how that skin behaves yeah. because they have it. They have that skin. Exactly. All right, we're going to switch from beauty and skincare to hair. Yes, love hair. Um, Coco Goddess. I pronounce it that way because it's spelled C-O-C-O-G-A-W-D-E-S. It's definitely Goddess. Definitely Goddess. <laughs> 
Uh, she says edge control suggestions for girls with 4C hair. I'm I'm assuming that's what type four is. Like yeah, okay, or um, just type four. I'm really bad at hair types, so I, don't I, know. I understand what she's saying, mm-hmm. and I mean, and she needed to you know use it to clarify you know for her hair, but it's just yeah. basically a, a tighter curl pattern. Like, yeah, I yeah. have four hair. Like my hair, my uh, curl pattern is very tight. Mm-hmm. I recommend ORS. Edge Control, Organic Root Stimulator, their Olive Oil Edge Control. I have it on my edges right now. My hair is in an Afro puff, Mm -hmm. and I have it on my edges right now. Mm -hmm. I love that. I have been using it for years, and who put me on it was the actress Tasha Smith. I interviewed her when I was at Hype Hair. And we were just used to work at Hype Hair. Oh my God, you the realest. (laughs) That's my first job. Shout out to Hype Hair. Does it still exist? It does still exist. I'm going to go buy me one today. (laughs) (laughs) It does still exist. Um, So I was interviewing her for Hype Hair and we were just talking, you know, beauty products. And she was like, girl, let me tell you about that ORS. She said, honey, it's a perm in a jar. Because she was natural too. She's like, it's like. And her hair is always late. Always late. Mm-hmm. She was like, it's a perm in a jar. She was like, you put that stuff in your edges and it look like, you know, you what? just got relaxed. And it do- it's so good. I, I recommend ORS. And what I do sometimes if I want my edges super, super late, mm-hmm. um, I'll put it on in the morning, you know, when I'm getting ready. And that'll be like the first thing I do after I like wash my face and all that stuff. And then I'll put a scarf on and then take the scarf ask off. if you lay it with a scarf. Yeah. Mm. Sometimes it just depends on how late you're trying to be. Like, mm-hmm. you know, what's your <laughs> level of slayage? What yeah. are you rooting? You know, where, where are you trying to go where you trying to (laughs) so um yeah but put on a scarf and i have i mean i don't know you know what this person is willing to do but Mm -hmm. you know sometimes late edges comes with a sacrifice and i I have definitely got on that train with my scarf on Mm -hmm. i have walked to work with a scarf on and took it out right before i walked into the building Uh uh-huh um but that's just me i thought the sacrifice was gonna be like your edges might thin or something you're talking about accidentally Uh, going to work in a scarf no i'm (laughs) talking yeah but no also that too though Uh so you have to be careful because um, a lot of them, I'm not sure if ORS does, it probably does, but a lot of them have like alcohols in them. Mm. I probably use it more than I should, mm. but I, you know, wouldn't recommend necessarily putting on your edges every single day. Okay. Because it can over time. So do you like wet your hair beforehand or do you yes. like use like a oil or something underneath it? To- I will normally spray it with a spray bottle. Um, I'll spray my hair. Just like regular water. Yep, just regular water. I've put oils in there before. It's mm-hmm. just nothing I kept up because I'm very lazy. Like, I just need a <laughs> simple routine. Mm-hmm. So I'll put, like, some water in a spray bottle, spray my hair in the morning, put a little, like, I'll just, like, kind of put my finger in there, get, like, a just a little dab on mm-hmm. my finger and then just kind of like put it um, across like my hairline and then just brush it in mm-hmm. and put on my hairband if I'm you know wearing an afro puff and if I want it super late put on a scarf but yeah I always I always recommend to do it on like damp hair at mm-hmm. least it just makes it easier to move too so it's not like snapping and breaking essence we got so many questions for you I, like nearly any other black woman, could talk about hair and beauty stuff all day. But unfortunately, we have the rest of the show to do. I know, I know. But hopefully this means... Oh my gosh, do you say goodbye? So since you will be coming back to join us, um, that means that you, dear listeners, will have several opportunities to get your questions answered by Miss Essence Gant. So send us your questions, another round of BuzzFeed.com via email or if you want to tweet us. Tweet us at another round. Essence, this has been great. We're not letting you go yet. We still have more fun to have. I don't want to leave. I want to stay here forever. Okay, we live here now. Yay. 
We're going to chat more with Essence later in the show, but first we're going to take a short break, and then when we get back, we'll play my interview with Ava DuVernay. Ah, stay tuned. This next woman needs absolutely no introduction, but I'm going to give you one anyway. Her name is Ava DuVernay, and she is the director of the acclaimed film Selma. And she's also the woman behind the much-anticipated drama Queen Sugar, which you can watch on Oprah Winfrey's network, OWN. Um, She's also just, like, very casually besties with Oprah, you know. No big deal. Just hanging out on Oprah's Hawaiian farm on the weekends like it's all good. Why not? I would if I could. She is the first black woman director to have a $100 million budget to make a movie. And that movie is A Wrinkle in Time. She's got her own Barbie doll. And I had a chance to sit down and talk to her about her hair, about saying no, and about microaggressions, and about so many other things. So without further ado, here is my interview with Ava DuVernay. I am here with the lovely Miss Ava DuVernay. Thank you so much for agreeing to talk to Thanks me. Thanks for having me. How happy are to meet you. you. I'm happy to meet you. You as well. I follow you on Twitter. We're Twitter buds. You're Twitter famous. Oh. So I'm happy to meet you. Oh my gosh. So <laughs> this was a great interview. We can stop it here. This is all I needed. Um, so I want to talk to you, obviously, about a million things. Let's start with Queen Sugar. Okay. What struck me about the show is how beautiful it is, like just physically stunning and how amazing all of the black people look in this movie. Mm. And when it comes to, so there are a lot of, I think, very intimate, sexy scenes in it. Mm. Even though there's not like a lot of sex, everybody just looks like the skin, like the light is just bouncing off the skin. And I swear I can like, you can smell Rutina's cocoa butter. (laughs) Or shea butter. Yes, yes. You really, 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 really can. I love it. And you can just tell that, like, there's a black woman behind it. Because usually Uh in, like, in intimate scenes and other movies, they're, like, kind of, like, video-ish and kind of, like, raunchy. So I'm really, really curious. What does intimacy on set look like for you? Yeah, I, I, I really dislike sex scenes. So you've never seen me do a thrusting sweat someone bent over with sprawled out scene <laughs> in anything I've done. Uh-huh. Um, just because I think the sexiest moments are what comes before and after. Mm-hmm. Because the middle is pretty much, we all know that part. Right. We know what happens. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We know. But uh, in, vari- in variations, that part is kind of the shared part. But the intimacy and the intricacy and the imagination comes yeah. in what's before and after. So this moment that you see opening up Queen Sugar is an after. Charlie has a before. And mm-hmm. oh, my goodness. As the series goes on, I'm just thinking about all kinds of things we play with. But when I am constructing a scene, my imagination goes to really interesting places. Mm-hmm. And um, and. Aren't I lucky that I get to play them out on screen with beautiful people? Yeah, and we're lucky that we finally get to see ourselves in like a different light when it comes to stuff like that, especially okay. black women. The casting crew of Queen Sugar is mostly of color, right? Women and people of color, yeah. Women and people of color. Mm-hmm. Um, we say all the time, it's not hard to do that. It's not racist to leave white folks out. It's not hard to look for a more diverse voice. Why do you think people screw this up so badly? Like, Why is it hard for white folks to just to just do the thing and get the thing over with. 
That's not the way the system is built. You know, it's not built to include, um, you know, folks that are not part of kind of that inside, that infrastructure. And so I think, um, you know, there are spaces that have been very monocultural for a very, very long time. Mm -hmm. And so to ask people to change that is um, there's a problem in that very sentence that they have to be asked to change. Yeah. Um, And so what I'm really interested in, I think this era that we're in is about, you know, just educating people and bringing awareness to the fact that you are diminishing yourself. Um, it's kind of like that great Zora Neale Hurston line. How can anyone mm. deprive themselves of the pleasure of my company, yes, my imagination, yes, my yes. ideas, what I have to bring to the ta- table, my history, my legacy, my eyes? Mm-hmm. And so there's just a whole swath of people who have been left out of the process. Absolutely. So, you know, I, I hope that we're in a moment where enough conversation about awareness has been happening for the last couple of years mm-hmm. that forward thinking people who are non-black, men who are not women, people who are not from the LGBT community, people who uh, are young, um, who need to regard you know older actors and creatives in a certain way. All of the isms mm-hmm. um, that are out that we're talking about start to be something that the, that the privileged mm-hmm. take on to fix as opposed to the marginalized having to be the instructor. Right. It's so tiring. Teaching is such a tiring job. Yeah, and I'm is. always like, talk to your folks. Talk to your cousins. Mm-hmm. I can't do it anymore. There have been some folks who have sort of opined on the current state of um, black film, black media, et cetera, and they don't feel very positive or hopeful about it. What do you think? What do you think of the current state of black film today? You know, it is a, it is a, it is a living thing, black cinema. You know, it is a living thing that has endured and survived under duress since, you know, the beginning of the last century uh, with no help, with no tools, with no focus, with no attention, with no water, no sunlight. And still the images have been made by people long before us. And so I uh, do feel that there are beautiful things happening in the space because there's always been. And whether or not they're amplified in the ways that we have come to uh, measure achievement with certain awards and certain box office or if they come through the true reward which is creating images that speak to our humanity and our dignity Mm -hmm. I see that happening I see it happening in the independent space I see it happening in the digital space I see it happening in the fine art space I see all kinds of films installations music you know the storytelling is happening it's reflective it's Mm -hmm. restorative you know it's refreshing yeah Uh, so I, I think about it much more positively I think when people opine about it being something that is going wrong, I think I always ask them, what's your measuring stick? Because mm. if your measuring stick is statues, your measuring stick is, you know, studio money, mm-hmm. then that might be the wrong stick. Now, I say that knowing that I have more access to those sure. things than other people, but it wasn't always that way. I found joy in making films for $10,000, $50,000, my own money scraping, loaning. You know, I mean, the joy of just making it and uh, and... And, and there's nothing better. Yeah. You know? I watched your um, comments at the L.A. screen. I think of Queen Sugar. And mm. you got very emotional when mm-hmm. you were talking about being able to have taken your time with this project. Mm-hmm. Why did you get so emotional? Uh, because I, I think I always thought that telling stories inside of a studio framework or a network framework was like, I don't know, going to be a bad experience. Hmm. Like. I don't know, when you're indie, you're just like, I can be free because I'm indie and no one's telling me what to do. Right. And the studio is want. a big, bad thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, people sell out and they get that studio money and all that stuff. But yeah. And so I never wanted to be that because I didn't want anyone 
putting me into a box, mm-hmm. making me, dampening my voice, dampening my voice. And in this process with with Own and Warner Brothers and the process with my current project at Disney mm-hmm. um, and the process with uh, Netflix on my documentary, I just have worked with people who I either had it way wrong all this time, which I really don't think I did, or new, there's a new era and thinking about a new like fresh air around how to deal with artists, how to be inclusive, how to really promote freedom of voice. And so I'm just having a great time working with all these studio entities. And I'm like, am I a sellout? <laughs> what's, or have they changed? Or was I wrong? Like, what's going on? But Do you ever feel like a sellout sometimes? No, because I feel free in what I'm doing. I'm still saying what I'm going to say. I mean, I think I'm selling out if I go into a room and I'm trying to say something like, nah, not that. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. just give me the check. Right. Like, I'm in these rooms and I was like, this is what I want to do. And they're saying, okay. Uh-huh. And that's fantastic. So in that same um, in that same set of comments, you refer to yourself as an indie baby. Yeah. What does being an indie baby Well, that's mean? how I started. You know, we yeah. have some filmmakers that started in the studio system. Um, you know, filmmakers of note who just always had money and always had resources and then also ha- always had that structure. Mm-hmm. You know, I started independently. No one gave me money for a long time. I would work check to check and put that into my films. Um, I would take the money that I earned from one movie and flip that and put it in another movie. Um, you know, and, you know, just living on ramen for a minute. Ooh, ramen. And, um, you know, when you put a little butter in and a little salt and pepper, it's not that bad. Uh-huh. Chop up a little green onion. <laughs> right. It can be done. And so <laughs> I think, I think you know, it's, uh, I'm proud of those roots because I feel, I think part of the reason why I can walk into meetings and, do, and talk with my studio partners now with a sense of freedom and a sense of real conviction and not letting go of the things that mean a lot to me and getting a good response is because I feel like I could always walk away. Mm. Like, it's not an empty threat. Mm-hmm. Like I, I just won't do it this way if I if you know what I mean if I feel like uh, I'm I'm not being myself mm. not to threaten or hold anything hostage because there's always collaboration sure but um, and compromise but n- I don't think feel like anything I'm doing has been distorted to fit into some studio mandate mm. and it's because I always know that I can make something on two dollars in a paperclip always uh-huh. always that's awesome I feel like a lot of women women of any color, any background, have trouble saying, no, this mm-hmm. is not for me. No, I don't want to do this. How and when did you become comfortable saying, no, this isn't for me? Oh, goodness. Yeah, that's a tough one. It's a great question. I don't know. I, I don't know how. I don't know when, but I know uh, how just came from a real feeling of a real knowing that life is short. I mean, it's it's just it's just too short, you know. We've all lost people, we've all seen, but we don't know what the day we we don't know when the last day is. So why on earth would I spend any days doing something that I don't want to do if I don't have to? Now we all have to work, we all have to do things we don't want to do, but really, when you have a choice to make about mm-hmm. what you're going to pursue and not pursue, like what if this was your last day? Mm. So I just try to make. Whatever I'm making, just try to enjoy it. Try to work with people who are nourishing and, and, and as much as you can. If I fight for that. And so if I have to say no to you just because, ah, the energy ain't right and I really don't look forward to seeing you every day, but that's cool and that check is cool and I like the project, <laughs> but you bug me. Yeah. I, I just I just got to say no. Ugh. I don't know what to say. It's horrible. No. Sometimes we have to be selfish, you know, because, you know, life is precious and Mm -hmm. every hour is a gift. I really feel that way. I try to 
cram in as much life in a day as I can. I also feel like saying no is a really, really, really big part of self-care. And we talk mm-hmm. a lot about self-care on the mm-hmm. podcast because like you were saying, life is too short. Yep. And especially as black women, like we have so much shit to deal with. Like mm-hmm. why not like take a moment when we can grab a moment? Why mm-hmm. not get ourselves out of a situation that we don't want to be in? Right. When things get tough for you, when you get very stressed out, how do you take care of yourself? I'm not good at that. Hmm. Interesting. I'm not good at that. And I'm in a real moment right now where there's a lot going on. I just come in from the red eye. I come straight from the studio. I'm doing Queen Sugar in the mornings and at night during the day. I'm at Disney. I'm still overseeing the doc. I mean, it's just like I've got the Smithsonian project. I got pressed for this and that. Mm-hmm. And you can go about the day saying I'm overwhelmed. It's too many things on top of each other. Or I can go on saying, look, it's an intense time. I'm living my dream. What the what? What are you complaining about? Mm. You know what I mean. I'm tired as hell, and I need more concealer than usual. <laughs> I um, was actually devouring fries at the top of this interview. They were delicious, and they were good. And it's because I'm stressed, and I should not be eating that oil. <laughs> but I ate it all. Uh, hey, you just do the best you can every day. Yeah. I hope that I can do better at those self care moments. I, I really look forward to that. But I also, for a long time, looked forward to this. Mm. Looked forward to being able to do what I wanted to do. And so, whatever it takes to do that, even if sometimes it's uncomfortable, I embrace it. This segment is called Pew 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 because these are finger guns. Okay. And this is our rapid fire question segment. Okay. Lots of goofiness, a little, little silly. Okay. Just like, you know, let your hair down. And okay. What are you really bad at? Mm. Dancing. Really? Oh, it's just, it's bad. Aw. In my head, I'd be grooving. Right. But not, yeah, doesn't quite come out right. No. Oh, well, that's allowed. I yeah. won't tell anybody, aside yeah. from everybody. Who sees me on the dance floor. <laughs> what is your pump-up song? Right now, it's uh, Remy Ma, um, Nothing Can Stop Me, I'm All the Way Up. That's the theme for the month because I feel like I need it. So I get in the car and that is the rollout. I love it. I like it. Remy is, and plus she's 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 been through it too. She's a dope MC. She's so, so good. Um, So you are never not glowing about the face. Okay. What is your skincare regimen? How do we do this? Um, Wow, thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, It's called Tons of Concealer. (laughs) um, No, I actually um, always wash my face, and I always take my makeup with Pond's cleansing towelettes. Shout out to Pond's if you want to send me a box. Pond's. fine. Send the woman a box of everything that you make. How dare you? Got to take your makeup off every night. Yeah, I'm mad at that. Got to do it. When and why did you decide to lock your hair? Because mm, I just always thought they were beautiful. Mm. I always, always thought they were beautiful. And I remember first locking and thinking, ah, they're never going to be full and <laughs> luscious and long. And so it really brings me joy when people are like, lock goals. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yes, they're uh, good. Yeah. And I'm lazy. I respect that. Not yeah, that I because when that. I did not have locks, I was up in the shop every week. Like I was bone straight, extent, like it needed to be right. It was before mm. the natural hair. Yeah. So it had to be. So you went straight from wearing your hair straight to locks. I did a little twist like year. Uh-huh. Um, but I just always just, I thought they were beautiful. I wanted some. Who's the last person you got starstruck over meeting? Harrison Ford. Mm. I was at a, a, a table. I was at a dinner and he, they sat me next to Harrison Ford. He's This, this is the last person, not the uh-huh. biggest person, the last yeah. person. And he sat down and I was like, 
you are Han Solo and Indiana <laughs> Jones. Like, your face is, that's the face of. I know that face. It's the same face yeah. on your body right now that's in movies. Like, <laughs> you look I the was, same in real life. I was tripping out. I was like, this is Harrison Freeman Ford, and he was a nice man. Aw, did he smell good? He did smell good. He had, his voice was the same and everything. He was him. Aw, I love a good eating, smell eat, eating, eating salad. Just eating food like normal Like people. a normal person. <laughs> Do you still face microaggressions? Like, is there a point of fame that a black person can reach that they I, never have to deal with that anymore? Um, it's really funny because I really, really think sisters think I'm famous, but nobody else really knows who I am. It's hmm. nice when I'm around sisters and they're like, ah, oh. I'm like, <laughs> but nobody else knows except us. Like, I'll be in the airport and a black woman will be like, uh huh. You. I see you and girl. I'll be I like, thanks, sis. And everybody else like, who is she? <laughs> so I'm really not that, I'm not famous. Mm. So yeah, microaggressions are a part of life. And I don't think you get so famous that, yeah. because I know a very famous person. Mm -hmm. uh, her initials are OW. Okay. And she, you know, everyone has experiences. Uh, and look at our president, the yeah. most famous black person in the world. Sure. It's not microaggressions, it's macroaggressions yeah. on the daily. Uh. So, no. Imagine microaggressing Oprah Winfrey. Like, how dare you? You don't even know you're doing it. What? Oh, uh, my gosh. Mr. Renee, thank you so much for chatting with me today. Well, Miss Clayton, thank you so much for having me. Let's do it again. I'm looking forward to it, sis. Yay! Yay! <laughs> So if you just need some more Ava DuVernay in your life, um, I don't blame you. And you're in luck because she's everywhere right now. You can catch her new show, Queen Sugar, on OWN. You can follow her on Twitter at A-V-A-E-T-C. And her new documentary, The 13th, is coming out on Netflix and in theaters in October. I am still glowing a little bit after having met and hugged Miss Ava DuVernay. Oh my God, you hugged her. She knew who I was. Oh my God. I walked in the room. And I was like, I'm Tracy. She was like, what's your last name? And I was like, Clayton. She was like, oh yeah, I know you. I follow you on Twitter. And I was oh like, my God. That's <laughs> I was like, pardon me while I lay down and die. Right. Um, but she was great. I wish I could have talked to her forever, never, never. But I couldn't. So that's over. And now it's time for me to tell you a story. Awesome. What I love stories. This is kind of a shitty story. Oh, okay. It's a little, it's it's a lot. It's okay, a lot. Okay, okay. So this is, um. Let me take a sip. Yeah, do we need refills? Are we good? I'm good. Can I get a re? Okay. I kind of need a refill. I would actually like a bit. So it's like a Thursday night, maybe? Wednesday mm -hmm. or Thursday night. Um, We had just gotten off of work. It was me. April, mm -hmm. who works at BuzzFeed, mm -hmm. Drea, who used to work at BuzzFeed, mm -hmm. and Albert, who currently works at BuzzFeed and has done some criminal justice reporting for another round. So if the okay. name sounds familiar, that's why. So all the women involved, mm -hmm. black ladies, okay. natural hair. Um, the one man who was there mm -hmm. is like ambiguously brown, right? Right. His actual background, he's Filipino and Lebanese. So we decided that we are going to... Go out, hit the town, have a couple of drinks, get right. in some trouble, make it home safely. Right. So we go to this um, place that we like to go to for hookah. And there's like, I guess it was like popping a little bit in there because there was mm -hmm. like two or three bouncers outside. Okay. I never see bouncers there unless it's Me like either. a Friday or Saturday mm -hmm. night. But I'm like, okay, you know what, whatever. So Albert is walking ahead of us because he's got long legs and we don't. So we were walking <laughs> kind of slow. And so he gets there first and we mm -hmm. notice him just like walk past the, like they wave him into the into the hookah spot. Right. And so we get up and the same man who waved him through 
looks at us and is like, oh, I'm sorry. We don't, there's no more room. We can't let you in. There's no mm-hmm. tables. There's no whatever. And I'm like, well, y'all just let him in. So right. what's going on? And the guy, and this was another like vaguely ambiguously brown type right, dude. Right. And he's like, oh no, I know him. This is my friend. This is my friend. Oh no, he didn't. I was like, oh really? Because this is actually our friend. Right. I was and like, Albert. Yeah. I was like, do you know him? And he's like, no, I don't know him. And so Stop it. instantly I'm like, I see exactly what's going on here. You know? Right. Because I mean, hello, you yeah. get used to this kind of treatment like yeah. early in life. Right. And so I start politely raising a little bit of hell. And I'm like, yeah. you know what? This feels very racially motivated to me. Blah, blah, right. blah. And the dude just must have been, like, really feeling himself because he just starts talking all kinds of crazy. Oh, no. And he's just like, oh, no, I'm not that type of person, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, really? Because you just told me a lie. You just yeah. flagged in the one male, non-black male who was with us. Right. You're giving us shit. What am I supposed to think? And then this man, I had on a uh, sleeveless shirt, mm-hmm. and he puts his hand on my shoulder. He mm-hmm. touches my no, body. He did not. Yes, he that's did, what you essence. don't do. That is what you don't. That's where you that's fuck up. That's what you don't do. Yes. It's when the thug <laughs> clap comes out. <laughs> right. But he puts his hand on my shoulder he was like oh no trust me you are my type and then like very oh, no it gets worse girl what i need another then, <laughs> Lord. then he very like dramatically like almost turns me around a little bit to look at my ass he's like oh no oh, you're my type my you're God. my type i am like are you kidding me right now so you're not gonna let me into your establishment but it's really important to you that i know right that you would fuck me at the very least right this is supposed to make me feel better right and I was just like, I cannot believe this is really happening in 2016. And the other bouncers are just kind of like standing around, not really doing anything. And the whole time, what I didn't realize is that Albert is like silently stewing, apparently. Yeah. This is just like, er, just so mad. And so finally, he just like, he's like, you need to stop being a little bitch. And like gets in the dude's Who face. Who says it's Albert? Albert says that. Yes, Albert. <laughs> But you know what's crazy though, Essence? Like, even what? though, like, I know he's not a black man. Right. In that moment, I felt like I was with the black man who was like, Yes. Like, if the police come here, we're going to have a whole nother issue yeah, because your little brown ass is going to be laid out on yep, the street somewhere. Yep. So I'm like, No, 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 no. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I try to defuse the situation. We head off down the street. And I'm just like, I can't believe that that just happened. I can't remember if we went to another place after that, if we all went home or what. Right. But um, the first thing I thought was like, Okay, when I get up in the morning, we're going to tell Twitter about this. Yeah, We're going to tell Twitter the story. So I sit down very calmly the next day, and I fire off about maybe 20 tweets, and I mm-hmm. at the place directly, Good right? Good for you. And so they're like, oh, my gosh, we don't stand for this at all. This isn't who we are, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, they sent an email, and they were like, you know what? We really want to make this right. We're going to exact disciplinary action on this guy, blah, 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 blah. Oh and eventually God. I find out that he was fired, mm. right? And I got mad at myself for feeling bad. I was like, oh, isn't shit. it crazy? Right, like because you should not feel that. But I know exactly, exactly. what you, I know. I know that feeling. Uh, and I was so mad at myself. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, this is a man mm-hmm. who quite obviously is just like a a mess, trash bag, a trash bag. And I'm not the first person that he's treated that way. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So even though he deserved it, I was like, damn, man, I done got this man fired. Yeah. What if he like found my my Twitter handle? Because I think yeah. everybody's a serial killer is gonna yeah, come girl, get me. Me too. I'm like, what if he starts stalking me? <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? I always think like, what if they have children? Oh my god. I know that too. I, was like, I just took the cereal here. out of Junior's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Took the Rice Krispies right out of there. (laughs) But a thing that I had to realize is that, like, I didn't do that to him. He did it to himself. He did it to himself. You know? Exactly. Don't play yourself. Don't. Don't. When you play me, you know what you do? You play yourself. Girl. You play God herself. Oh, my God. You better look. Come on, Beyonce. Come on through here, girl. (laughs) 
But anyway, I was fine, like, never going to this place again. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, you know, I really want y'all to know that him getting fired is not what I was after. Right. I was like, I would really like to come down and just, like, you know, sit down and talk to somebody so I can give yeah. my side. Because I don't want you to think that I'm just some, like, rabble-rousing right. or whatever. And that was probably me trying to assuage my guilt over yeah, yeah, him yeah. having been fired uh-huh. or whatever. And they were like, oh, yeah, we would love to meet you. And if you and your friends want to come back, you know, for some light bites and drinks on us, that would be fine. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't even going to do it. Right. But And so I mentioned to them, I was like, yeah, they invited us back, but I don't think we're going to go. They was like, um, these are free drinks and they yes, owe we, us. Yeah, We right. need to go back. <laughs> right. But in my head, I'm like, they're going to give us, like, a cocktail apiece mm-hmm. and we're going to end up spending in like $50, $60 right. on like hookah, whatever. But we went back in essence, when I tell you they treated us like kings and queens. As they should have. Oh my As God. As they should have. We left there. We was leaning. We were full. We were happy. And I was like, you know what? This is how you do customer service. That is exactly how you do customer service. I was very careful to go to Twitter and mm-hmm. be like, I love to complain when shit goes wrong, but I also like to give propers where they are due. So now everybody was like, okay, I guess I can go to this place again. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but it, was, it was just so crazy. Like the roller coaster of emotions <sighs> that I had as a woman who had been uh, sexismed against and yeah. racismed against. Yeah. And was completely like not in the wrong, but I still felt bad. And you, ex- mm, girl, it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating. Just being a woman and just like the way that we are trained to apologize for it. Everything. Even when you're not in the wrong. Even when you know you're not in the wrong. Yeah. And you still just carry like this guilt. And mm-hmm. ju- I, it's, it's like I shouldn't have said anything. Crazy. I should have just gone home. And it's like you know better, but it's still mm-hmm. so hard to. I don't. I don't. I don't know what it is. It's tough. Mm-hmm. But anyway, you are now able to go back to this particular hookah yes, place. Yes. <laughs> because I was. I'm not gonna front when you were talking. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Guess who won't be doing hookah now? Like, now we can go and have right. Fun. Now we can go. Okay. No. Cute. This has been so fun. Are you drunk yet? Um, I feel a little, you know, woo woo, a little groovy. <laughs> I feel a little, you know. I think little, that's a yes. Feel a little cute. Okay, okay, as you should. Um, it's time to buy rounds. Yes. Um, do you have a round to buy for someone or something? So, you know, I was like, okay, who am I going to buy a round for? Or, like, what am I going to buy a round? Because, obviously, like, I listen to the show. So, I was like, okay, you know, my I got to come correct. <laughs> and so, eventually, I was just like, you know what? For this, my first time on the show, mm-hmm. especially, like, you know, talking, you know, beauty and hair. A lot of women, like, wrote in. I was like, I'm going to just buy a round for black girls. Every black girl in the world. I'm like, getting ready to cry. You know, <laughs> this is for you. Drink oh up, sis. Yeah. Black women just inspire me every single day. Whether mm. I'm walking down the street from like Penn Station to work and I see just like a fly ass black girl yes. or what, like, oh my God, yesterday I was walking and I passed this black girl just so beautiful, these like long ass box braids, like long for no reason. Like they were ridiculous, <laughs> like to her ankles. I was like, what? girl, how many packs of Kankalon did that take? <laughs> but um, just so beautiful, like the most beautiful. Like, her skin, it was just so rich uh, and dark. Like, you know how you see another fly girl, like, uh-huh. and you kind of, like, do that, like, head nod, uh-huh. like, or a smile. And it was like, like that. I we just you. had a moment. Aww. Yeah, like, I see you, girl. And so I was beautiful. just like, yes. Like, and she, her highlighter was bomb. Her uh. skin was glowing. And I was just like, damn, like, black women are just so, and I, I'm not even just saying this because I'm one. I mean it from the bottom of my heart. Like, mm-hmm. we are just the shit, man. Uh, like, we are just so beautiful in so many ways, mm-hmm. like, outside and inside and I just want to buy you around for every black girl to, you know, let you know, like, you are the shit. Yes. And you are amazing. You inspire me. And I love you. I, I really do. I love you from the bottom of my heart. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. You're so sweet. You're so crazy. <laughs>
<laughs> so Tracy, what's your round? Who are you buying drinks for? So I would like to buy a drink for, this is kind of a big deal for me because I'm not okay. one, two, I've never been known for saying nice things about New York. Okay. <laughs> I consider myself, this is a phrase that I stole from Joel Anderson, who works at BuzzFeed mm-hmm. and is my proclaimed nemesis. Uh, <laughs> but this is a phrase I borrowed from him. I consider myself a Southern supremacist. Mm-hmm. And oh my God, that is so funny. I feel like because when I moved to Philly, people just like, it was, I've never been so astutely aware of the fact that I'm a Southern person, that I'm yes. from the South until I got my black ass out of the South. And yeah, I, was like, I know. You, know you will be reminded every day. Over and over. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's cute, but other times it's like, you know what? You might want to watch how you talk to me. Right. Exactly. Um. So since then, you know, coming to New York, I moved from my job, didn't want to move to New York. So already I was like, ugh, ugh this city. It's, it's cool for what it is, but it ain't all that. But I would like to buy a round for Brooklyn in the early yes. morning hours. Yes! You better be specific. I, <laughs> specifically from like right. 7.15 <laughs> to like 8.43. Yes! Uh, <laughs> I love 8.43. <laughs> Brooklyn is beautiful. It's beautiful. The people are beautiful too. Oh my gosh. And Flatbush specifically, I feel mm. like it's like on the, it's going to be hit next on the, the gentrification train. Absolutely. Like it's the next stop. Mm-hmm. But it's not there quite yet. And mm-hmm. so... Like, I don't do it often because I like to sleep. Right, <laughs> So right. I'm not often just, like, running the streets in, in Brooklyn at 7 in the morning. But when I am, like, it's just so quiet and peaceful. Mm-hmm. And it's like the city is just now waking up. And the weather's usually nice. It's not that hot yet. And it's mm-hmm. just, it feels like I'm walking through, like, a movie set. Right. You know? And it's just, it's moments like that where I'm like, I understand why people like this city. So that's my round. Shout out to Brooklyn in the morning between Brooklyn 15 and 8.43. Amazing. And Amazing. The sixth second. The sixth That's second. Very important. Pacifically. <laughs> right. Pacifically. <laughs> Essence, we are so close to the end, but we're not okay. there yet because there's something really important that we have to do. Okay. Um, this is an idea that I literally had three minutes ago, as yes. you know, because you were here when the idea was. popped into my brain and out of my mouth. So when heaven is not here, I feel like we should end every episode, every taping session with just like a little heaven love fest, a little so live love letter to heaven. So let's just like rattle off reasons that we love heaven for like 30 seconds. Okay. Is that good? Heaven, I love the way that you laugh with your whole face and you throw your entire head back and you just let out a cackle that goes all the way to the heavens. Also, I love your hair so much. Oh, my God. It's just so amazing. And you're amazing. Oh, my God. Like, you're just so awesome. God. You, you're so awesome. You made Essence angry. Right. You're so awesome. I'm so angry. How dare you, Heaven? Right. How dare you bring so much joy into people's lives? I know. It's so, it's honestly just not even right. You are a flower. You are, you are the sunshine. Damn you. You are the moon. And the stars. Yes. And Venus. the grass. Everything. The really green kind. Ooh, the real soft kind that you yes. lay down in. Aww. Yes. And you wonder like, is this real or right. is it fake? Is right. this really nature? Like you don't know. But she is so real. <sighs> we have gone over 30 seconds. We have. It's just because we, we love have you so have much love. We can't contain our love in 30 seconds. Who was I kidding? Essence, we did it. We did it. Your first ever oh co-hosting It was so fun. Thank you so much to Miss Essence Gant for being my lovely co-host today. Where can people find you on the internet? People can find me on Twitter. I believe my handle is <laughs> at the essence of 
underscore underscore yes, yes. that is it and you Look can also find me on instagram like that mm-hmm. or you can if you search my full name essence gant not grant no r's mm-hmm. g-a-n-t important to know important to know people be like you misspelled your last name i'm like no i didn't girl <laughs> so um yeah but if you just put that in on twitter or instagram i will come up follow me let's talk yes, let's talk. let's be friends oh um, you can find me on Twitter at Broken McPoverty because I don't have no damn money. <laughs> and as usual, you can find Heaven on Twitter at Heaven, like the place in the sky, and Rants, like the thing that white men love to do and pretend like Right. <laughs> <laughs> this episode was produced by the Pod Squad. Shouts out to the Pod Squad. Yes, the best production crew in the land in any medium. I will put money dollars on that my yes. <laughs> talking is hard <laughs> <laughs> this episode was produced by Eleanor Kagan and Julia Furlan with production help from Meg Kramer thank you to Paul Ruest at Argo Studios it's always a joy thank you to our in-house musicians Miss Jean Gray you can follow her on Twitter at Jean Greasy and I think she has a new album that you should go get and to Don Will of the Almighty Tanya Morgan you can follow him on Twitter at D-O-N-W-I-L-L Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, email us on all the things. Another round at BuzzFeed.com. Another round on Twitter and Facebook. Um, sign up for our newsletter. We're going to fill it with um, a bunch of Essence's wonderful pieces. Go to BuzzFeed.com slash another round slash newsletter to do that. Go to shop.buzzfeed.com to get you some another round merch. We got mugs. We got t-shirts. Get some. Send us pictures of you enjoying yes. said merchandise. Yes. Yes. Drink some water, take your meds, call your person, floss your teeth. Do you have any good life, daily life advice for people? I would just say choose to be happy. You know, just, you know, be happy. so sweet. It made me sad because it's so happy. (laughs) (laughs) It's beautiful. Yeah. You know, I feel like sometimes you just got to be like, I'm going to be happy. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes life can suck. You have your moments. Like, Mm -hmm. life sucks right now, but you know what? I'm going to be happy anyway, even though I don't know how I'm going to pay this rent tomorrow. (laughs) I'm just going to go down the street and smile, knowing I may have an eviction notice waiting for me when I get home. (laughs) Just be happy. Just be happy. Only get one of these lives, man. Also, see a dermatologist. Yes, very important. Important. Very, very important. Let's get out of here. Bye. Bye. I had a, a, a lovely white crew member. He was like, Ava, can I ask you a question? I said, yeah, honey, what, what's up? He's like, what shade? Oh, oh precious baby. And I really had to. <laughs> precious little lamb of God. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, hmm, how do I describe shade? Anyway, the joys of black language. Oh, my. Yes. We continue. We, we just come up with. Hours and talk about it. Yeah, anyway, we continue. <laughs> what shade? <laughs> Did you just like kind of nuzzle him to your to my bosom? To your bosom and just <laughs> <laughs> no more, no more words. <laughs> right.